Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's what, what wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, with my friend, my comrade, my compatriot, Captain Jack. My friend, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, man. How you doing? You've been living at that lounge, bro. Bro, can we talk about this for a second? Okay. Yes, let's I have about been it. waiting for this. I have been waiting for this for over three years. Yes. I've been this waiting is true. for this lounge to go up near <laughs> where I live, finally. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Finally. So no more no more uh, making the trek down to Tacoma to go see Jack. Although it's okay. time for you to come on up here. <laughs> let's let's talk about the intricacies of your lounge though. Okay. Yeah, let's. Does it have does it have food? Yes. It does. Yes. Wow. I yes. was not expecting that. Uh, I yeah. only thought it had you th- drink. You, th- you thought you were going to get me, didn't you? Dude, yeah. dude, we have an ex- we have an expanding menu. Okay. It's expanding and if this one's going to be even bougier than Smokey's. Okay. Dude, like, <laughs> like steaks. Steaks. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Dude, I am. Yeah, I have been, um, I've been hanging out there uh, every night for the past week because it's yes, 10 Josh minutes has. from my place. <laughs> okay. Dude, I've, you know how there long I've been waiting. And I'm friends with the owner and I'm like making yeah. friends with people there and it's just an awesome spot. And he's already asked multiple, multiple times when he's going to see you. Because, oh, Jeremy! Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, yeah. I haven't seen hide, 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 nor hair of you yet, my friend. I've seen Jeremy at least two times at Smokey's in the last couple months. Yeah, we even talked Smokies. about stuff. This is yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah, ain't yeah, Smokey. Yeah, you got to get up here, dude. He's got apostate <laughs> cigars. Well, Smokey Joe's has apostates too. Come on, dude. Yeah, but <laughs> I this, could go it's tit a, for tat. It's, oh my gosh, that's. <laughs> 
Look at this, people. Look at this. I have been coming yeah. down to Tacoma for years, <laughs> and oh the second gosh. I get my own lounge, look look what happens. We all knew this was going to happen. Oh my gosh, Jack, my friend. Before we um, before we hop into our stuff today, before we mm-hmm. hop into our cigar review, we have a shout out. We have some business to conduct, my friend. We yes. have some some oaths to fulfill. Yes. Right? We have a new patron that has signed up for the $5 holla. They have joined the Podluck. They're over there hamming it up with everyone, getting that sweet, sweet exclusive content. We're giving the <laughs> shout out this content, week. Yeah. Shout out this week to Mr. Josh Laudig. Josh, Dang. from one Josh to another, I thank mm-hmm. you. I thank you for your patronage. I thank you for <laughs> your support. We thank you for your $5 holla. Enjoy that sweet, sweet exclusive content. And ladies and gentlemen, you too, you too can enjoy the same thing. You can be getting bonus apps. You can be getting exclusive posts, pictures, and videos. True. You, you, you can be getting that exclusive invite to the Reformatory Smoke Sesh. Man, mm-hmm. all of that and more can be yours for $5 a month. That's it. Head on over to patreon.com slash reformatorypod. Josh Laudig, our oath to you has been fulfilled. Your name has been hallowed. It has been hallowed, sir. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Jack, my friend, it is time for the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. What do you have for us? All right. So this week we are still on our Luciano uh, run. Okay. Um, And so this one is the Luciano Mas Ignus Short Mm. Robusto. Um, This is pretty interesting. Uh, I will say I tried this out. Um, not too long ago, I think last week, and it's kind of within the range that we've been talking about that ten to ten to twelve range, uh, okay. as far as MSRP goes. Uh, Short robusto um, has a Ecuadorian Corojo ninety eight wrapper. Binder is Brazilian. Filler is Nicaraguan. Dude, I don't know what it is with Luciano. Okay, by the way. He likes. I, his, he's a very eclectic individual. He likes yeah. taking ever. He's like you know that Michael Jackson song, "The We Are the World." <laughs> we are the. Show. He's like that for cigars. He's just bringing everyone together, man. Pretty much. I yeah. messed up last week when I talked about uh, the other one. I called that cigar the Santa Maria. It's actually oh. called the Maria Lucia. Oh, uh, I had I had baseball announcers on my mind. Where they like hit home runs and like the baseball Santa announcers Maria, are Santa Grand, Maria, yeah, Grand Salami so, with all the mustard, dude. Yeah. I had yeah. baseball on my mind, so I completely messed I up. Get so it. I get it. The cigar from last week was called the Maria Lucia. This mm. one is called the Mas Ignus. Okay. Um, and so, like I said, um, it's from Nicaragua, but the wrapper is Ecuadorian Corojo '98, okay. Brazilian binder and uh, Nicaraguan filler. And, man, this is... So, I would say the first third is a little bit more on the complex side of things. You are going to get, like, a whole lot of different flavors there. I was getting, like, peppery. I was getting some sweetness. I was getting spice. And then it kind of mellowed out after that last third to be more kind of, like, cocoa-y. And kind of more, like, chocolate milky. Um, So, yeah, it is very... That first third is complex, and then that kind of evens out for the rest of the cigar. So, um, but overall, good smoke output. I mean, good uh, as far as the 
the burn rate on it really good i had to light it up once again uh kind of in the middle of it because i put it down and i had to do a screen for work uh, sure. and then uh sure. picked it back up but it was going right pretty well after that as well too so this is a really good cigar i like the cigar quite a bit um yeah it's just that first third is just it threw me off a lot yeah because the flavors and the complexity in that it, i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying it throws you off because you you're trying to get this flavor profile going but overall really good cigar uh highly recommend the luciano line i think this cigar is going to end our luciano run okay uh, i don't think they have any other cigars coming to a close <laughs> i want to check out uh but yeah this will conclude our luciano run of the there cigars that they have so but yeah, very good overall run. Highly recommend Luciano cigars if you want something within that ten to twelve price range. So yeah, yeah. Well, Jack, as always, putting in the work for the people, doing <laughs> just just a man of the people. We appreciate your hard work on that. We know, we know, smoking all these cigars to bring to the reformatory. Like we know the toll it takes. We know it's hard, but we appreciate the hard work. We really do. <laughs> yes. Sort that, of, my friend. <laughs> that, friends, whether you whether you have heard it here for the first time or not, that is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. And as always, you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today we're gonna we're gonna talk about a slightly slightly heavier topic, but but I yeah. think we want to we still want to be encouraging. Um, the week that this dropped, you know, a few days before this episode was uh, uh, Memorial Day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've covered Memorial Day on this podcast before. It is not the day where you celebrate veterans. <laughs> no, it is, it not is the that day, day where where we celebrate. Um, and and remember and 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 honor uh, the men and women who have given their lives to defend the freedom of this country, right? Yeah. So it's a it is a, one of our more, if not our most solemn holiday mm-hmm. that that we celebrate here um, in the in the states. But it brought up, I think, just a a broader topic, kind of kind of springboarding from Memorial Day into a broader topic for the local church years. How do we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, encourage one another come alongside one another when one of our family members is is grieving mm-hmm. um whether you know for whatever reason right grief yeah. just because of the world that we live in is something that we have to deal with this side of heaven um yeah. and christians uh, aren't no <laughs> Contrary to what some uh, uh, very popular pr- prophetic teachers would like to tell you, oh, uh, Christians are not are not immune to grief. We're not immune yeah. to death and sickness and difficult times. And there's many times in our lives where we find ourselves grieving for one reason or another. Um, and the church is important. The church is mm-hmm. needed in those moments. So, Jack, this is something that you specifically kind of wanted to wanted to talk about, kind of springboarding off of Memorial Day. I'm going to throw it over to you first, man, just to give mm-hmm. us kind of your your initial thoughts on, you know, just this how how we can approach the topic of grieving within the local church. Yeah. So i i I just made this little comment on Twitter as well too, and just how we even talk about Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Um. Some people have said like happy Memorial Day or something like that. I'm like, 
one of my pastors got up and said, happy Memorial Day at one of the services. And then myself and an, and another gal who she just had uh, her first child. We were talking. It's like, it just feels so wrong to say that. It just feels like happy funeral day to like people who have just like passed away or their loved ones passed away or I mean, you can blame it on the fact that, like, one of my pastors is Canadian. So, I mean, I guess you can blame it on that. But, um. well, well, and, and it's one of those things, too, that it's just kind of awkward. It's like, we're not quite yeah. sure what to say, you know? Like, yeah. Like, you, you, put, you put happy in front of every other holiday. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think it's, I think just the, that kind of springboarded my mind into the fact that it's so difficult for us to conceive of death in a very or conceive of death or in light of somebody dying in this very kind of solemn observance um you know even just how in the christian faith you know we have good friday obviously those are very complex things to talk about and the fact that we have good friday um i think that's more of a way in which we talk about how christ's uh death is sufficient for us Um, and that it has justified us, but yeah, it's just very odd talking to people and saying like happy Memorial day or something like that versus, you know, it's almost, I was talking to my wife about this too. It's almost like saying, or having this idea of the crucifixion, not really doing anything just Mm -hmm. like Jesus dies for us and that's it. Or somebody dies for us and that's it. Because a lot of the times you don't really know the faith of a lot of these service members who have given that ultimate sacrifice. Or even just the faith of other people as well, too, to a certain extent, if they're outside of your local church. Um, So, yeah, that kind of springboard me into a way of like, well, how do we think about death? And I was reading an article as well, too, in Tacoma about the fact that, gosh, I think like suicides have gone up in the in the veteran population by like 57%. And I know within pastors within your local church, that rate is probably about, it was, I think before the pandemic, I think like 15% and now it's like doubled or tripled ever since then. I know that Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, as far as some statistics have said. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, grief is something that everybody's going to deal with in the local church as far as the death of a loved one, death is inevitable for us on this planet and within the local church. And then also the fact of, I think to a certain extent, survivor's guilt too. Mm. Um, Yeah. When somebody dies and they die in certain circumstances to which you feel like, you know, I could have done more to a certain extent, something along those lines. I think everybody feels that within the local church, but I wanted to talk uh, specifically about those things and just how we deal with them and um, maybe how to process them uh, because I think that death is something that we can talk in this way of putting a nice bow around it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but not talking about the complexities of how death really affects us week in, week out in the local church. But yeah, I just wanted to pose that because we all deal with grief. I think that some of us have dealt with grief a little bit more in tunely than others. Sure. Gosh, I think over the last, I want to say the last, over the last 10 or more years, it felt like somebody that I knew pretty close to me was like dying every year for 10 years. Yeah. So it felt like in 2011, it was my mom who passed away from cancer. 
the years after that, I dealt with deaths in Afghanistan with uh, some of the people who were in my unit. Uh, the years after that, I dealt with deaths of friends that I knew in college that were with me in our Army ROTC that were in the Army in Afghanistan still. Um, gosh, outside of the military, it felt like um, my dad was trying to remarry somebody um, and she passed away in a car accident very tragically. And just mm-hmm. it kept going over and over and over. And sure. I feel like people... There's going to be a certain, <laughs> I don't know, there's going to be a certain numbness that you have towards death. Um, and then there's also going to be times where I feel like the Lord, the Lord's going to give you some softness of emotion to kind of actually process that a little bit better too. But yeah, it's just, uh, in the local church, it could go one of two ways. You don't talk about it, or maybe you do talk about it, but it's not maybe in a way that helps you, so to say. But I feel like those are kind of the two options that we see in the local church when talking about grief and especially grief over the death of a loved one. And I I feel like none of us have processed, or at least most of us. I had one friend who uh, died by suicide one year, and I think it was 2019. Mm -hmm. And... I had invited him to my community group. I had invited him because he was going through a really difficult time relationally with, I think, with is either his wife or something along those lines. And, um, yeah, I mean, I invited him to my community group to hang out one night, and then he didn't come. And I'm like, oh, geez, I hope nothing happened to him. Uh, and we kind of prayed for him at the community group and everything like that. And then the next day I got the word that he had died by suicide. And so yeah. Yeah. just like stuff like that, man, sometimes mm-hmm. we don't know how to process in the local church those big events um, because I think for some of us, we rush to hope hope a little bit too quickly. <laughs> yeah, or, to, uh, or to, we rush to sanitize it. Sure, yeah. Because it's not easy to think about, right? So, yeah, I think that those topics are pretty big when we when we look at them from the sense of like, you know, are we just putting a nice, you know, cut of paint on this topic and moving on or are we actually dealing with some of the issues in the local church? And I know Josh yeah. and I are pretty candid about talking about this stuff and so but yeah, those are yeah. my initial thoughts coming out the gate. Of yeah, stuff. no, no, all, all, all good thoughts, man, and all, all real, like real stuff that has to be dealt with. You know, I think we have when we're dealing with grief. You know, if I'm if I'm counseling somebody through grief, mm-hmm. right? I think Christians need to be able to deal with grief differently than the world does, because the world mm-hmm. doesn't have the hope of Christ, right? Yeah. The world doesn't have the hope of the resurrection. The world doesn't have the hope of of knowing that all things work together in some strange way that that that, that we don't understand, right? So the world deals with grief very differently in that I would say that by and large they don't deal with it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, know, you know, death death isn't something that, 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 that we talk about, right? It's not something that we like talking about just because it's mm-hmm. it's so final, right? It it, it has yeah. this it just has this finality that, that's foreign to us, right? And I would make the case that you know, death 
it is it is supposed to be foreign to us because it's not how we were created, mm-hmm. right? Right. We need to remember that 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 sickness and pain and death are consequences of the fall. It's yeah. not in it was not in in God's perfect uh, world that He created. So of course death is foreign because it goes against everything that that we were created for in some in some way, right? So yeah. I think I think when when counseling grief, when trying to encourage someone who is grieving, something that a lot of folks don't do, and I think it's it's probably with with good intentions, but I do think that they they kind of like you're saying, Jack. I think they run to sanitize it too quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think something that we need to be willing to do, comfortable to do, and 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 striving to do is to acknowledge, acknowledge what what happened, to acknowledge the grief and to acknowledge yeah. the pain, acknowledge the sin if applicable, right, and be willing to 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 sit in that. Yeah, because often, I mean, and and look, we see this we see this in scripture. We rejoice with those who rejoice, mm-hmm. and we weep with those who weep. Right? We see Christ as he's, as he's, um, you know, his friend Lazarus has passed away. Like Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus. He mm-hmm. knew what the plan was. He knew death is simply something that he, he can reverse with a word. But what do you see Jesus doing with Mary and Martha? He cries with them. Yeah. Right, right, and he, and he 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 sits with them in that grief, right, and 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 he's willing to show that, you know. And that's something that I think we need to take a picture of, and and mm. and keep that in our mind is when we are helping someone through grief. One of the most important things that we can do as Christians, and it's actually encouraging, is to sit with them, mm. acknowledge, yeah. This this is horrible. This is painful, and um, this is not this is not easy. Yeah, right. That's important. Yeah, you know. No, I, I think, think yeah. I think I think when you start from there, then the the gospel will do what it does. It'll bring hope, but we need to know what our what 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 we're being saved from <laughs> yeah. right if the gospel is going to be beautiful right yeah. and often grief you know the gospel covering over that grief is it it happens so much more efficiently when i think we are okay with sitting in the grief yeah for a time right yeah and it's it's something interesting i mean so recently there was a um he's a nine marks author and his name's John Onwuchekwa. He talks a lot about grief and he equates it to how a lot of people don't want to talk about grief because a lot of people don't want to talk or don't want to the same instance as people don't want to drink coffee because mm-hmm. it's bitter because it has this bitterness straight up front and you have to kind of get attuned to coffee and drinking coffee to taste the sweetness of it in the back end. And so I think grief to the Christian, at least is that like you taste it and it's very bitter and you don't like it. And I don't see what the point is of going through this. And then you kind of, it kind of happens a couple more times 
and you taste of it a couple more times, and then it starts to taste more sweet on the back end, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just for when you see other Christians pass away, uh, because I have had a lot of people who are not Christians pass away, and it is very difficult for me oh. um, to, to deal with that versus dealing with a Christian that I know who's passed away and I know is in glory. Dude, so, one of my one of my least favorite things, mm. one of my least favorite things is going to a funeral of an unbeliever. Yeah, it it I there are that 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 might be on the bottom of the list of things mm. that I want to do. Yeah, because it, dude, like it's just it's when when you go to a funeral of a believer. You have that hope of the resurrection, and yeah. you know this person. I'm going to see this person again. I'm going to be singing with this person. We're going to be praising Jesus. We're going to be eating good food. It's going to be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Man, that finality of death that we talked about at the beginning. It's it doesn't have. It's not there. It's not there with the with the Christian, but it is with the unbeliever. Yeah. And that is a very acute grief that is extremely bitter. Yeah. <laughs> extremely bitter to yeah. drink. <laughs> yeah. And I just think of that over and over again for some of the instructors that I knew. Uh, well, mm. one of the major events that happened uh, when I was a believer in college, and it was my senior year, and it was maybe a month or two into my senior year of college and we had found out that one of our army ROTC instructors had died by suicide because the army had told him you are not going to retire <laughs> like you thought you were uh, you're going back to Iraq and all this stuff and I mean it's so it hurts so much to the extent of you had these spiritual conversations with them yeah and Nothing, there was no response out of those, you know, and you really care for this person and you want this person, you want to see this person on the other side of death as well too, right? Yeah, of course. And when you know that they probably aren't going to be there, yeah, I think that's probably the, I think that's kind of a somewhat of a survivor's grief too that Christians deal with of like, you witness to the type of grief. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a worse grief. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm like, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of one. Yeah. It's just very I guess that's the hard part too about grief in some cases where you've had these spiritual conversations with people and then they die tragically. Hmm. Um and you're left with you know, God did I I guess the question, God did I do enough? Yeah, to sure, share the gospel sure. with them. I guess that question yeah. rings in my mind sometimes in some of those deaths. But sure, and and look, we know like that's where <clears throat> that's where our theology, I think, has to come to our rescue. Yeah, and that and that yeah, it's very easy to have those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy to think that, and it's very easy to replay the the conversations and the moments in the head. And you know, Jesus is still king. He's mm-hmm. still Lord, and his will is still sovereign, you know? And yes, that doesn't negate our responsibility, but we have to remember that just just as we are not responsible for the salvation of someone who who accepts 
the call of the gospel. Yeah. We are not equally responsible for the one that rejects it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's mm. a that's a hard thing. I think I think we we naturally agree, like, oh yeah, you know, if that person's saved, I didn't do that. Right. But for yeah. some reason we have just we have a hard time with the antithesis of that truth. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um and that's where I think a lot of, a lot of that a lot of that grief grief comes from. But Jack, it's just it's something that It's one of those things where I know it's a simple truth, mm-hmm. but you know the main things are the plain things, right? Like I can't imagine going through grief myself or counseling someone through grief without the gospel or without yeah. the church. Like, yeah, I can't. I can't imagine doing that. Yeah, you know, I don't know where I would be with the things that that the Lord has seen fit to put me through, and the things that the Lord has seen fit to put you through. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I can speak for both of us is I don't know where I would be without the church. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I would prob, I would be a, I would be like, I, I shudder to think where mm-hmm. and who I would be if mm-hmm. it weren't for the people that God put in my path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It is just, it is a very, I say these things not to like, <laughs> <laughs> put a downer on this episode, but I'm trying to get a lot of our listeners to think of this in a way in which this can spur us to uh, ways in which we could help people as well too in the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that death, yeah, I think that on one hand it's, yeah, it's going to be inevitable and it's not going to be fun to go through. But on the other hand, you do have a way in which you can be a blessing to those around you when death does come and those people are grieving and you can show them a practicality in loving them as your brother and sister in Christ uh, that can actually help them a whole lot versus just not doing anything. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's not an easy task, but I mean, it's something that we're we're called to do, like you said, Josh, like to to weep with those who weep and mm-hmm. to rejoice as well, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 when when the time comes, you know, we, we remind and encourage each other in the gospel. Right. Especially if it's, you know, if if we're grieving for the death of a loved one that is in Christ, we we remind we we grieve with that person. We sit with that person and then we remind that person they're not dead. Yeah. Their their shell may be there, but their soul is more alive than it's ever been, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's such opportunity for the church to come alongside each other in those circumstances, right? And so when you're dealing with individuals that are struggling with grief, like it's it's important the answer is the same, regardless of their circumstance. It is the gospel that's going to bring the hope. Mm-hmm. It's the gospel that's going to bring the clarity. It's the gospel that's going to bring the comfort, right? And what I have found, um, and this this is coming from someone who I think who who <laughs> made the mistake in counseling this way before, right? I think what a lot of people try to do when counseling someone through grief is they try to make it purely theological and they try to separate it from the emotions, right? Yeah. Um, and what you often hear, especially from those kind of in the reform camp who maybe haven't, you know, 
haven't had to counsel these types of situations before, you'll hear just it turn very theological, very cold, very intellectual, very quickly. It's like, well, you know, we just got to remember God is sovereign. God is sovereign, yeah. right? <laughs> right. That's what we got to remember. And here's the thing. Like, both Jack and I are as Calvinistic as you could get. Like, yeah, yeah. we are. We agree God is sovereign. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's not a doctrine that I have trouble believing uh, or understanding. In fact, because of that, because of that truth, this is what I think is not popular to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. The doctrine of God's sovereignty is a sword with two edges. Mm-hmm. Right? I know the Spurgeon quote, and I agree with the Spurgeon quote, that the sovereignty of God is the pillow of peace that we lay our head down. And there are many times in my life, so many times, where reminding myself of God's power and his sovereignty has been a huge comfort. Because I know yep. he is there in this storm. He's got this. He's not worried. Right? Yeah. That's a massive comfort. But God's providence, his sovereignty, has another edge to it. Mm-hmm. And for those that believe in the doctrine of God's sovereignty, there are times in your life where you will come into a situation where that that doctrine is not a comfort. Yeah. Because you understand that the circumstances that you are in, the pain that you're going through, is ultimately because he has willed it. Mm-hmm. And you're left in a situation like Job right who understands god's sovereignty and because he understands god is all powerful he cries out to god asking him why like why why are you doing this right yeah. job didn't lack understanding in god's god's power <laughs> i think job had a very good understanding and that's why we see him react the way that he does right yeah so we got to be very careful when we're counseling those or coming alongside those that are grieving, not to simply turn it theological. Mm-hmm. Something that I have found in my own life and in the lives of others that I have found to be much more of a comfort, just as true, but much more of a comfort um, in those times, <clears throat> excuse me, is to remind that individual after we have sat with them, right? Yeah. That Jesus is with them. Yeah. That he loves them. Mm-hmm. He cares for them. He understands the pain that they are going through because he went through it himself. Mm-hmm. And he is sitting with them at this moment. Yeah. Understanding that you have a shepherd that is leading you, that is guiding you, that is caring for you, that embraces you and loves you because of the gospel. That in those moments of very acute grief and pain is much more of a comfort than the God, the doctrine of God's sovereignty. Yeah. Even though I confess and believe in the doctrine of God's sovereignty, and it's never not true, we need to understand how to come alongside these people that are hurting, and it's with Jesus. It's with yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Because because picture this right. Let's understand this. All theology is meant to be interpreted and viewed through the lens of the gospel. What I mean by that is that mm-hmm. if the gospel was not true, if Jesus wasn't who he was, if he is not my my advocate, my brother, my shepherd, then the doctrine of God's sovereignty is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. 
we need to understand that we all of our theology. I know this is a rabbit trail, but 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 I think I think it I think it connects. Our theology needs to be interpreted through the lens of Jesus, mm-hmm. through the lens of the gospel. Yeah, that's what makes the doctrine of God's sovereignty comforting. Mm-hmm. Is because I know that th- because of Jesus, God's sovereignty is for my good. Right. So mm-hmm. when we're comforting folks. Remember that. Remember that it's not only good, but biblical to sit with them in the silence of grief and to weep yeah. with them. You don't need to say anything. Yeah. yeah. You can you can sit there and cry with them because that's what they need. And when the time comes to say something, don't give them an intellectual speech. Don't break open your systematic theology and give them all of the attributes of God. Give them Jesus. Yeah. Give them the gospel. Remind them of who Jesus is, what he has done for them, right? That should be the theological lens that you that you focus on, is Jesus as the comforter and their shepherd. That, that in those times of grief, that is what's going to bring the comfort, right? Mm-hmm. There's many other times in our lives where those very deep theological truths need to come up, and that's something that, that we talk about, and that's something that we reference, right? Uh, God's sovereignty is a very applicable doctrine, but we can never do it without the lens of the gospel. Yeah. That has to be there because that's what makes that doctrine comfortable or excuse me, uh, uh, comforting. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So those are just some initial thoughts uh, from someone who's had to counsel a lot of grief mm-hmm. and who has been in, in grief before. Um, that's, that's what brings comfort is is yeah. Jesus and knowing that he's walking with me. Right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, anything else on that, Captain? No, I think we covered the gambit there. I know yeah. it's not the most uh it's a heavy <laughs> topic no, to topic to talk about, but yeah. Neither is uh Memorial Day either. Um yeah. you know, it's very it's very tough for us to to talk about death and everything like that. Um in a culture that I think wants to put it off so much or mm. wants to reverse it as much as mm. we do or sugarcoat it. But sometimes you got to have some eps that just kind of have some deep cuttage there. So push against the grain. Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Well, Jack, my friend, why don't you, uh, once you, once you get us out of here and we will, uh, we'll move on to recording some Patreon eps yes. for our exclusive patrons. Yes. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate and like the fact that Josh and I will not give you any BS episodes <laughs> talking about, <laughs> we are not holding back on the wow. topics here. Um, we will not sugarcoat things like maybe some other uh, podcasts might yeah, do. Sugarcoaters. Yeah. Um, you too can follow us uh, more and ask us more questions on the sociables, if you will. The Facebook, the Metaverse, the Instagram goes well with chocolate and marshmallow, and as always, the hot dumpster fire that is the tweaker the twitter the little blue bird site uh you could follow us all at those uh tagged sociable pages at the tag at reformatory pod and um josh you can tell the lovely people how they might uh further the cause of what we do at the reformatory of making the local church central to the christian's life that's right there are multiple ways first but not least you can uh, head on over to youtube 
Man, we're on YouTube now. You can watch us as well hey, as yo. listen to us. Don't know why you'd want to do that, but a glorious <laughs> dude. You can you can look at our videos. Jack, get this, Jack, get this. They can watch the Reformatory on YouTube in 4K. 4K, baby. That's right. You're going to see every pore, every zit, <laughs> every wrinkle that we got every on our face. Zit. Glorious 4K. Head on over to YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. That's as the kids say. We would really, really appreciate that. If you're listening on a platform like Apple, <clears throat> those of you right now listening on iPhones, I see you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Oh, oh, you think you think I'm going to let this go? Oh, I'm not letting it go. I see you looking at your Apple right now. Now you're smiling. Now you're laughing. You're thinking, no, he's not talking to me. I'm talking to you. If you're listening on Apple, it lets you rate the podcast. It lets you review the podcast. You've got to do that for us. Help us out. Give us a little give us a little love. Little five stars for five solas action. Just scroll down, give us a little five stars, maybe write us a little review. You on Apple, I'm looking at you. I'm, I'm still looking at you. Yeah, you think I forgot about you. I didn't. Last but not least, if you want that sweet exclusive content, just as Josh Laudig did at the beginning of this episode, then head on over to patreon.com slash reformatory pod and join the pod luck. That's right. Get that delicious, so good. So good exclusive content. If you do, our vow to you, our pledge, as you have observed time and time again, is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is our pledge to you. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs>